Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode two with me and Theron. If you've not listened to uh, episode 62, our first part of our conversation, I encourage you to, to listen to that one to get started. But I will say this episode is basically the last third of Theron and I's conversation last week or two weeks ago, I guess. And it's so potent. It is so potent. This is one of the best potent. And that's the only word I can think of. We just get get straight into it. And that's what I really like about talking to someone for a few hours. You start to merge into this unitive, collaborative mind. You know, as we've shared this time together, we start to have a, a closer and closer collective understanding of, of what's going on, of what we're talking about, of how we can play off of each other. So... Without further ado, get into this episode. It's really dope. And I'm going to play us out at the end with a song called I'm So Vibes. I recorded it. One of my first really nice freestyles back in Iowa. And hope you enjoy. I can't wait to talk to Theron more. Talk more about biology and stuff. But another day another day enjoy going on welcome to chapter two i haven't talked to you in so long wes this is great <laughs> yeah dude um i am i am uh looking through my notebook real quick because i'm trying to find there were a couple of questions yeah i was gonna say this is Never stop learning. Hell yeah. So, yeah, what, what do you want to not stop learning about today? Um, so, <clears throat> basically, here's some shit. Uh, right. I, I first dropped these questions uh, on episode 19, so way back. Okay. And they, you know, I, I'm sure we've talked about some of these, but kind of for me, it's like taking, like you said, it's like anti, what do you do? And it's like more about, so I'll just, I'll just drop them to you. Go First for one it. is what am I here to bring uh, into yes. the world? What am okay. I here to bring into the world? I think it's like, I love the phrasing of this question. Mm -hmm. It puts me, it puts me in the, in the creator's chair, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are not, we have the we choice are, to bring something. Right. Yeah. So, so I did. So what pops I, into your head, man. Yeah. I dude, bringing it into the world. Uh, it's, it's hard, uh, in this field. I, and again, uh, uh, based on last last episode that I did with uh, Wes, I talked about how my uh, life has been strongly defined with work. And so mm. I have always looked at my 
uh, being in myself through a lens of what can I provide through my work. And so I, I, being a field biologist, I grew up or was going through the education system thinking I was going to be some uh, awesome conservationist who is going to save the planet. And I was, uh, I mean, I think I just hit a lot of barriers that showed me that it's a lot more difficult than that. Um, And so uh, I've gone through a lot of different paths. And I think that acknowledging that the world that we live in today is a human world that the best way to have positive impact on the planet is to have a positive impact on other humans Um, because the reason why we are destroying our planet is because we feel that there is a scarcity in resources and that need to be exploited and used as soon as possible. And so I guess bringing to the world, I've always daydreamed about helping other people. And a lot of times it comes down to providing people services that fulfill their needs. What And uh, things that I feel that I have the most experience in is providing things like food and potentially shelter. Like I can, like, am I here on this world to bring people food and to bring people housing because they are a victim of the system around them. Um, Mm. And so like, I know that everybody says there's no such thing as free lunch, but I strongly feel that it is completely possible to make a network of people who are willing to provide their excess for others who would appreciate a free meal. Um, And so like, I know that it's not really work related. Like I, it's my journey started off as being like, I'm going to save the natural world. Right. That the best way that I can do that is to show people that we do not need to destroy the world to sustain ourselves. Um, But I guess, and then also, could bring to the world physically but I think more emotionally I feel that I've settled into a role of providing people with a calm and collected energy in times of chaos Um, I know that our field the field that I work in there's a lot of shit that can go wrong in the field and a lot of people aren't capable of dealing with those stressors of broken equipment or people being hurt or uh, the weather being dangerous or stuff like that. And you just need to keep a calm and level head. And so that's what I strive to bring. And that's what I actively practice to improve my capabilities of remaining calm and to be uh, level headed as much as that's possible, I guess. Um, but like, I guess I know that we can, and this is like my last bit because I know that you've asked these questions to other guests before and it really put into perspective that like my spiritual practice has been, I don't want to describe it as flatlining, 
but to be more consistent and not, and I think that the people around me thrive when I provide them a strong foundation. But then I look at people who are putting their art out there like you, Wes, and I can see that your path is a roller coaster of highs and lows. And to me, that is so inspiring because it just shows me that there are different paths out there for different people. And we're each providing a service in our own way. Um, and so like you are providing me a service by you going down this path and showing me the mm. capabilities and the ups and downs associated with strongly believing in what you were doing. And regardless of what other people are saying versus me, like you might gain in more me of if you are overwhelmed with your roller coaster life of how to bring it back down to a anchor or down to a, uh, a foundation. Um, and so I feel like I like to bring that perspective to the world if I can, or if I'm doing it right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that, that definitely, that's cool. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Well, I guess I could I could uh, repeat the question to you. I know you answered it a lot of what you bring to the world, but I guess my spin on the question, since I know you've answered it a couple of times already for your show, that it's like, do you feel that what you bring to the world changes on a daily or do you feel like you've settled into what you bring to the world and you are actively every day pushing towards it? I think like somewhere in the middle, you know, I, I think part of how I see the middle path, bro, (laughs) how I see it is, is knowing how much I am able and also have the potential to shine light on how to heal. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, even, even deeper than that, sometimes even trying to just highlight how it is we may have been harmed that we don't even realize. Yeah, yeah. That, like, our, our scope doesn't divine, define our experiences as harmful or traumatic. But then when you turn around and look at it, you're like, you know what? That, that was pretty traumatic. <laughs> So, yeah, looking at it in a different way, but yeah, providing healing, man, that's a big, that's a big, uh, ask. That's a big task. And so, yeah, like, like I said, it it feels like a big part of that is simply showing my personal process of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And being able to to not try to cover or, or color my process in a certain way yeah, because I want it to be perceived a certain way. It, it's kind of like, how can I, in, whether it's a conversation or here or a video, me talking about it, like a, a million fucking different ways mm-hmm. that we can, we can uncover that, those parts of ourselves and help others to do so as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like 
oftentimes there's not me saying, Hey, let me heal you. Yes. No, I, Oh man, this. Okay. So I know that you also have a passion for Ram Dass and I've jumped on the bandwagon within the past year and I know that he's passed away, but like all of his, like all of his lessons, I, I think what it comes down to. And one of the big things that I pull from it is the power of truth that like, I can sense that you are telling the truth because it is the truth. I feel like humans are very, very capable of picking up on when things don't match or when things don't fit into like their, at least their understanding of truth. And so by presenting 100% of the time your truth, then people understand that. So like, I understand that you've, you've been, you've been putting yourself into situations where you are revealing truths that I understand in our current culture's uh, arena would be inappropriate and taboo to talk about. But the fact that you're willing to break those norms and talk about things that people are uncomfortable talking about, like that truth is so powerful. It just cuts through everything else. Yeah. And so I, I, yeah, I firmly believe that like what you are presenting to the world and how I strongly believe you are capable of healing others is just the like one aspect of it is just providing the basic truth of where you've come from and the experiences that you've had. And so that way, when somebody connects with it, it is an honest connection. It's not a connection to a made up story or a hyperbole that you made up. It is, I am connecting to your truthful experience. Yeah, dude. And so it's like that. Can, it, it feels like, I don't know. It's like very, I mean, this is like kind of a, the reframing of my life, which is like, okay, there's a lot of like stuff in me, stuff I want to look at in my past ways that I, I want to open my, my ideas about my life just Mm -hmm. for me. And so, and so it's like, I'm starting to feel more confident in my own ability to say, I'm going to be doing this shit anyway. Yes. So helping others can be as simple as just pointing the internet at my face while I do it. Yeah. And I think that is what Ramdas was doing is that he was essentially like, Hey, I went through all of these hoops to get to where I am today. And I did it just for myself. And I know that other people are going down this path as well. And so they might as well be able to share their experiences with me and me share my experiences with them So that way we can still learn from each other's separate genuine experiences. But when like the big take home message is, is that like you are in charge of your spiritual path. I love the idea of not having a priest class in the way telling you what God is saying when like they don't know if 
there. I don't know if there's a God out there, but I know how I feel. And so I'm like re, uh, reallocating all that effort that I was putting into somebody else's beliefs into my own beliefs rather than pointing it towards somebody else. I'm pointing it inside and internally. I think the next step further is to say, I'm not going to be, you know, putting my thoughts or ideas or perceptions into someone else's experiences. Yes. It's about my experiences. Yes. It's like, I am not making the assumption that because it worked for me, it is going to work for you. Or because it worked for me, you should do it this way. And because it worked for you, it's going to work for me. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and no, it's like, that... I even think it's like, okay, work. What do you mean? It works <laughs> for you. It's like, how are we... How's, how do you, how do you decide that? <laughs> At what point did you feel like you were done? <laughs> yeah, we say worked in the past. Yeah, yeah. Like or it is found, working. You found the truth, and then now you can relax, right? <laughs> now you can stop. Like you found your, your comfortable pastor, and, and it's kind of like, all right, they're going to give me the... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna a, make it to heaven. I checked that box. <laughs> I just have to show up. I just have to listen. I just gotta punch my time clock, right? Exactly. Yep. Whereas I like to connect with it, with this feeling, as frequently as possible. So I drag it into my day to day life. I, I use drag because it is an effort. It's not a negative effort. It's just, it is a practice. It is a conscious decision to make these connections in my day-to-day life rather than once a week for an hour in a building with somebody talking at me. Right. Like, okay, cool. I got my fix. I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm good I'm, until next week. It's kind uh, of it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter the it doesn't matter the atrocities that I uh, commit in between now and then. As long as I get to check in every week, I'm good. Yeah. So it's like you know, I I try to refrain from just getting stuck in the bitching about the institutions. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's yeah. so easy to do. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, man. So like, it's like, it, it's so I prevalent. Laugh. It's everywhere. I want to laugh at it, but it's also <laughs> like really toxic. Yes. Yes. I agree. I think that, I think there are a lot of people who are aware of these issues and I can't help but want to talk about it because I know that the more people that understand or hear this message that there are other alternatives that maybe it can, help make the world a better place. But in your case, I know that like you were mentioning healing people, what other steps do you actively go down in order to, uh, to try and heal people? Like, do they come, like you are actively, it, it is a requirement for you or it's part of your framework that the people who would like your assistance contact you and it's it's less important than evangelizing being like this is working for me i'm going to come to you and save you it's like if you want my help all you have to do is ask and i will give it so 
Interesting. I, I don't necessarily think about it in that way, right? When I say okay. what I'm here to bring into the world, I say I'm here to bring healing into the world. I mm-hmm. don't necessarily think that it's my job to heal others. I see. Right? And I'm right. Because that's that. my frame. That's me my frame. It. That's my framework that my default is labeling these responsibilities or these tasks as job. Like, so yeah, even us talking about it has revealed that like my frame of thinking is so fucking job oriented. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like what I'm bringing is my healing. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's perfect. dude. I, I know that my healing and my expression of that process and my sharing what that looks like for me is and has the potential to help give others insights into the ways they can heal into Mm -hmm. the ways, into the ways they don't want to heal, right? All of it. And, and so I want, to be able to, let's see, like, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying and I completely understand what you're, what you're bringing to the table. I would like to play devil's advocate and pull apart what you were saying as well, as far as healing, um, when you're healing somebody, that's the impression that they're sick or that they're damaged. Um, and so mm. it's almost like what you are showing the world is what it is like to just be like, I know that you are looking at it in a lens of how do I get over my past? Um, I want to be different from like, I want to pursue a different path than what, I was told to, and I want to break free from the identity that other peoples are putting on me. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that process is healing. I think that that process is growing. I think that that process is changing because like, even with the idea of the word or the action of healing, it just has that underlying uh, connotation that, you have to be broken or sick first in order to be healed. Mm. And so I don't, I mean, you are changing for sure. Um, But I do think that what you could potentially reframe it is that you are just being you, you are just being, and you're growing into the comfortable state of you becoming who you are and to test those boundaries and to show other people how to test those boundaries as well. Yeah. I also think that there's power in simply recognizing the impact of experiences. Oh yeah. And to say that, Hey, right. Not to tell anyone their experience, obviously, Mm -hmm. but to say like, Hey, you might not, ever have been willing to admit to yourself that Mm -hmm. that harmed you 
Yes. And, and if you are unable to acknowledge that you have been harmed, then you could be unknowingly continuing to keep that wound open. Yes, I agree. Yep, I know. I, I like that frame as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we can we can keep on we can keep on pulling apart. And like, I keep wanting to go back to like, well, like when when trees and when other things in the natural world are put under stress, that's usually when they grow the most. And like, just because mm. they're put under stress doesn't mean that they're wounded. It just means that they're uh, challenged. But like uh, when a tree gets struck by lightning, it continues to grow. It doesn't ne- just because we perceive it as healing itself. All it is doing is continuing to live on. Right. And we see those scars and we see those, uh, those spots that have healed over because in order for it to continue to grow, it had to seal that up. Mm-hmm. But again, like you could look at it from that. It's just, it's just continuing. It's just persevering or something, but no, I definitely like, I like the idea that I like the ideas that you're spitting, man. I, I don't know how else to sell it or <laughs> say it. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, for me already, and it's something that I'm, I'm stepping more into, Mm -hmm. but I I think I'm excited about the way I'm uh, like unpacking like our, like the, what's the word, the way that we experience masculinity in our culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That especially, I think men, I think it's so much more likely that we are going to say, nope, everything's fine. I'm fine. That didn't mm-hmm. hurt. I'm mm-hmm. fine. Jesus. I'm yeah. a man. I can, I, you know, like I have thick skin, right? Mm-hmm. Like our, a lot of our fathers train us to have thick skin, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not they do it on purpose. We often are observing that throughout our childhoods, yes. right? Yep. And so I think like it, it's recognizing like those that. complications, the, the, uh, the established status quo of you know, the mold of what boys are supposed to be and the mold of what girls are supposed to be. And then you just, and then now it's coming out that people are recognizing the idea that everybody female or male has these qualities and it's Mm -hmm. not until society smacks you in the face and says no put down that barbie or like no fuck no you can't have vulnerability right don't fucking cry yeah yeah and it's just like why why crying is natural like it is a physical response to a stressor why and it's healthy too it just like I think that crying is a physical way for your body to tell yourself to stop what you're doing. Like it's hard to continue doing what you're doing while you're crying. It is your body being like, sit down, stop talking, (laughs) just let it out. Oh, interesting, bro. Because honestly, that feels like a very masculine idea about, about crying to me. Oh, sure. In the way that I am stepping towards it, Like for me, I am now looking at it as like a sign that I have struck something very important. 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. A sign that, okay, right. Not, this isn't, I mean, it's right. Like, how do we cope with it? It can say like, Oh, time to shut down because if I were to step towards these tears. Yeah. I, mean, I think that we can talk about like what causes you to cry and what causes me to cry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times for me, I've cried a lot with grief and that could be coming back to like, that's the only time that men have been told that it is okay to cry. Like, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it just lets me know that this isn't an important time to focus on what is happening here and now and the feelings that you're feeling. Yeah. They are important to you and they should be important to you. Um, and so I definitely connect with your framework around uh, the importance of understanding why you're crying and to, to like really bring yourself back and to look at what you're passionate about. Yeah, and I think I definitely... Um, <clears throat> the next question is, what is the most relevant <laughs> lesson I can grow from? right now mm-hmm. if this reminds me of of being able to say like okay like next time when you feel right if i'm talking to men next time when you feel tears like mm-hmm. let's see what it's like to open that up more instead of shutting the lid more exactly like because, open, open the box and look inside rather than trying to duct tape it shut. <laughs> and like, and, and here's something that I'm now realizing I've kind of been training myself in throughout my life. But like you were saying, pretty much for the, for a lot of us, tears, like you can't talk through tears. Mm-hmm. Tears kind of can come and like interrupt That's... That's how people ugly cry is when they're trying to do more than just cry. (laughs) And so I have become so I've, I've put myself through it so much that now I can see one of the skills and one of the parts of healing that I know Mm -hmm. I can share and bring is to say, Hey, I have learned Mm -hmm. and brought myself to a place where my tears do not derail me anymore. Yeah, man. My tears help become the, you know, the lake that I kayak upon in my emotions. <laughs> there like, you are. It, Dude, that's not, awesome. And I don't just say, oh, I could probably drown in these tears. <laughs> and I just sit on the shore and hope I'll dry off or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. Like, because we can recognize that that exists. This deep well within us never goes away. Even if mm-hmm. we, even if we don't drive to the lake because we're afraid of it or we don't want to drown <laughs> or we, or we saw our dad cry that one time when grandma died and that was the only right. time. So now that's how I framed the acceptable moments for me to, you know, be seen in a vulnerable state, let right. alone actually dive in and, and use our language to help give us more context context as to why our body and our being is responding to this to these circumstances in this emotion right Mm -hmm. and like a a lot of times if we don't shut down that emotion it allows us the space to start to look 
start to examine and see how tears are link to a past experience that can oh, be yeah. hard to actually go and find in our memories if we are so if, if it becomes stormy and we're so shook that mm-hmm. our our way of self-protecting is to just say i'm going to let my tears dry i'm going to go just you know quiet myself down and not that that's bad i, I just want to say that right that's certain and sitting with your emotions in any form, I think is healthy. Yeah, um, I think that's the baseline that I, I completely agree with that, like the emotions that we feel is, is innately designed in our human existence. Like we are not designed to not feel anything. All of these emotions have benefited us on the evolutionary track of whether it's portraying our feelings to others like the visual the visual trigger or the facial uh structure of somebody who is upset has been designed in our brain so that way we can recognize it in others like yeah crying smiling laughing anger like these are all the like human being baseline language that no matter what language you speak you understand what they are feeling (laughs) yeah and so it's just so crazy that our world suppresses though that underlying language that we all share but i guess like going into your question uh, about the less relevant lesson or to grow from i think you're hitting it right on the head with emotions like i feel like we're taught that we are gaining lessons from those who are actively teaching us. And that unless we have somebody actively teaching us, we aren't learning anything. Right. But I found that I am learning so much by paying more attention to myself and how I respond to things. Um, And so, and like just bringing the fact that you can learn valuable lessons from anything whether it's as simple as like, why do I appreciate having a cup of coffee every morning? Like, what do I learn from my sitting and drinking coffee every morning? And it's like, that's usually the time that I'm one of the most relaxed. Uh, It like helps me out. And I learn a lot about how it's like, it's a period of time that I check in with myself, but it's like, I did it on accident. Like, it's like, I enjoyed having coffee but then I sat down and asked myself, it's like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it's like, oh, yeah, because I used to have coffee with my grandma. I used to have coffee with my mom. Like, these are very, like, calm, collected, emotional times that I'm checking in with every time I have a cup of coffee. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm obtaining lessons from everyday things. And it's just awesome. Or not, I, I don't think that the... I think looking at it as far as relevant, it's just like you are absorbing I mean, relevant to what? Exactly, exactly. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, I didn't need I mean, to learn to that, but yeah, you. exactly. So it's an individual uh, thing. Going back to, I would much rather go down my own path and know that it is 100% because I feel it's right rather than 
going down a path that somebody else has laid down for me and not trust it. I feel like I trust myself more by going down the path that I feel is right, that is meant for me rather than having to trust somebody else, which I guess you, it could be a bad thing that I should trust more people. But I feel like when it's something as, as important as things like identity and uh, how and your personal well-being, I think that you shouldn't mess around with it and it should be taken very seriously. And the way I do it is by examining myself. Um, and so I've gotten a lot of good, good feels from it. A lot of intuition that like trusting my intuition because going back to gender stuff, like crying and emotions, like it was the framework that men were intel like people strongly believed that men were intelligent and females were intuitive. And so men needed to go to school to become more intelligent and females just needed to build their intuition. But intelligence and intuition is in everybody. And so I feel like I need to work on my intuition and to trust my gut because I was raised in a, uh, a framework that intuition was suppressed and intelligence was encouraged. And so I feel like all this spiritual stuff and just check in a lot of uh, mental health has a lot to do with checking in with how you feel. And I yeah. think that comes down to the intuition portion of all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. But I yeah, think, so like, uh, I think I was just thinking about even what we were talking about last recording about even the way you had been given this potential blueprint from, you know, the elders in your field about what you're going to need. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is something that I said on, on uh, an episode I recorded yesterday and I've said it a bunch, which is, that I'm realizing that for a long ass time, I've been searching, hoping to find a map. Existing... <laughs> exactly. I was going to say blueprint, right? And it's like, there is no map for what I'm trying to do and where I'm trying to go because no one's ever been there before. Yeah, it's you. There's not it's been me. a you before. <laughs> yeah. Physically. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So like, I often like to look at that from a biological standpoint of the odds of you having an identical, uh, like genetic makeup is astronomically impossible to replicate. Like you are never going to exist again, Wes, I'm sorry, but there's not going to be a person who is going to be like you ever again. Because nobody is going to be raised with the genetics that you've had and the experience that you had to a T. And so, yeah. like, look, why is it such framed that it's like, oh, I need a map from people who have gone through the same thing as me? It's like, well, good luck finding somebody who's gone through exactly the same shit as you guys have. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, it, like, even so the way that we... Uh, identify people by their genetics 
technically, I think, like, if our population goes above 12 billion, I think is the threshold. I'll have to look it up later. But since this is not a formal talk, I don't need to cite my sources. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that I'm used to when I'm working. But <laughs> uh, like, yeah, so we only have so many markers that we use in identification of differentiating people between other people. So in theory, once there's 12 billion people, your odds, like there will be somebody out there that has a matched genetic ID based on our understanding of identification in genetics. Wow. That's so, so like, wild. And so like with like crime scenes and stuff, they are, it's not like it's a hundred percent match when they say it's a match. It's just like, it's 98% sure that it's you, bro. <laughs> like, so as soon as like our population expands, you can't say that with such certainty. Like, it's like, yeah, the odds of the same people with having the same genetic markers that we identify using our analysis the odds of them being in the same place at the same time is still astronomically slim, but it could happen. <laughs> huh. But no, the, the idea that you're looking for a map of somebody who has gone through the same stuff as you with the same building blocks and foundations that you were given, that's just silly. Like you can't, there's no one out there. <laughs> I Dude, mean, I just... Yeah, go ahead. You just triggered this thought in me because um, it, I started to really realize that when I was teaching in Thailand because yep. I realized how much I was Googling lesson plans mm -hmm. and looking for games and trying to find stuff and just like kind of passing off the work. Mm -hmm. trying to jump into someone else's ideas and make it feel like my own. I see. I see. And so that, that was kind of the experience where I, I had to have a few months of that. And I, I, I struggled in the first few months to kind of find my, my personality as an English teacher and all of that. And then just recognizing like, okay, like, it, 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 for me, it was like a huge reframe on, okay, I need to reset why I'm actually here. Like, I mm -hmm. need to remember what it is I'm actually supposed to be doing here. Because <laughs> it's like the value that I provide to others is mm -hmm. not I, like I gave you the conjugations of these verbs today. It's yeah. that me as Wes used my language my personality my ideas and my decisions and my understanding and relationship with my students to help draw out the the knowledge that i'm that i'm the accessing alongside yeah. me right i'm not the knowledge bringer i'm bringing my You're the energy conduit yeah. alongside the knowledge that's next to me yeah like and then bringing that into my real life, it's like, okay, if I was Googling how to do a sixth grade lesson plan, it's like, here I am sitting in my mom's basement at the beginning of the pandemic, Googling how to be a successful freestyle rapper. And, and it's just like, 
bro, it doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> it's just you, man. Like, literally, man. And and so it, it's that, really that, just, that makes me laugh so much. Like, <laughs> dude, give me, give me, a, I, all I need is a structure and a template for this method of expressing myself in the moment as genuine as possible. It's like, no, those are complete opposites, Wes. <laughs> right. You right. are not going to find structure in an art form that thrives in the moment. <laughs> and in, in, I don't want to say that there's no structure because I'm assuming there is some sort of baseline or some sort of foundation that you can rely on. But based on my limited experience with freestyle, it is, it's free. That's why it's called freestyle. <laughs> Yeah. And so, again, I mean, I think even a bigger part of it is that, like, it's kind of antithetical to a lot of the culture that is about the plan. And, like, I got my five-year plan, going to get educated in this way, mm-hmm. then that will unlock the door to these level of jobs. And then that yep. experience unlocks the next door to the next level of jobs. Yep. And it's like, okay, why, right? If I start to think and I'm like, huh, okay, why do I think that everywhere I want to go is behind a locked door where someone else has the key? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why, why am I putting myself in that uh, situation where I am requiring somebody else to be limiting me? Like, why can't I develop myself in a way where I don't get stopped by locked doors? That I can look for doors that are fucking being held open by people rather than held shut by people. Or realize that we can live outdoors. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, dude. Oh, I, I am one of those who are convinced that if I needed to live outside, I think I could do it. Oh, I, oh, I'm like I'm like eighty percent confident that if if the societal structure ended, I feel like I could sustain myself. <laughs> but again, I I won't know until so, it's tested. <laughs> but so here's the thing: that's I really love that you said that because I'm thinking about okay, maybe I don't need to wait for that. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is courageous. And that is that is something that goes along the lines of I am probably not going to make that jump willingly. Yeah. Based on my experience with my fam like the connections, the attachments that I have here. Like I often put myself in that thought bubble uh sp- specifically pertaining to Buddhism because you hear about all these people that go on these pilgrimages and stay in caves for months and months and uh, test their bodies and their minds and their spirituality to the brink. And I get a lot of uh, information or lessons from that because it's in Buddhism, you're told that attachments cause suffering. Mm -hmm. And so the entire, the reason why people go to the monasteries and they go to the caves is to detach themselves from their attachments yeah. and to find what's left. As soon as you get rid of all those attachments, what 
what are you and who are you? But for me, it's like, okay, why can't I, why am I telling myself I can't sit in a cave for three months? Why can't I go to the monastery and disappear for a year? And what it comes down to are my attachments like that, that is in that design, Mm -hmm. that framework. So I am attached to my wife. I love her very, very much. I could not abandon her and disconnect from her for three months or even more just to be in a cave somewhere. And so just by looking at it from that perspective, I am acknowledging that these attachments are important to me. And yes, attachments cause what is defined in Buddhism as suffering or at least feeling. Um, And so like, I'm also connected to my family. I'm also connected to my work. I'm I'm connected to my dogs. I'm connected to my friends. And so these attachments, if I'm going to be experiencing suffering throughout my life, it is probably going to be somewhat associated with those attachments. Whether it is grief because I've lost somebody or it's because I'm interacting with somebody that I'm attached to in, in a negative way. Um, and so I think that like looking at those attachments and stuff is really a valuable lesson. And that's why I personally don't feel I can make that voluntary jump. And I'm putting it on the powers that be that, oh, if society crumbles, then I can self-sustain. <laughs> well, I mean... It's kind of funny. I mean, it does kind of sound a little bit like a straw man argument to me to say, if I wanted to do that, I'd need to carve out three months to isolate in the cave, right? It's like, sure. like that's like, that's, I'm not going to do that. Right. You know? you know, it's like, but I think. But it's, you can gain the lessons from doing that in a different method, I think. Is that where you're yeah, getting at? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like what right what are the reasons that we would like theoretically want and love to come out the other side of that experience right it's like even though we might not ever do it we can understand that there's this this idea and this pull and understanding that no matter what if we did go through that there would be some crazy change on the other side. Yes. And so I think it's like trying to think about, okay, why would I want that? Right. What, Mm -hmm. like what aspects of that can I, might facilitate, might, might I be able to find? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, which is just saying, Hey dude, a small daily version of that is, is meditation. Yes. You know, and so, yeah, I, I totally hear you that it's kind of like, well, you know, I got a, I got family, so like I'm stuck. But yeah, it comes down to that idea of a map or a blueprint, whereas some cultures and some people feel that they could use that blueprint or that map. And like in uh, a lot of those cultures that embrace Buddhism, It's like, yeah, my first son gets all of my things. Uh, My daughter gets married off. And then my second son, I will ship to the monastery 
spiritual beliefs. It was like, it was just, that was the frame. That was the blueprint, the map that applied to them. That map doesn't apply to me. Like it just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. Right. I think it's like how, you know, I think it's changing the way that we look and, and interact with the the map. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I think it's very ingrained in us to, to use it like Google Maps and say, all right, give me the directions. Oh, yeah. So I guess one uh, thought that came to mind when we're talking about this is that um, I'm gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a swing to left field here, and but I promise I'll bring it back. All right. Is that I also think a lot about back in the day when there was no internet, no phone. People were traveling all over the place, probably post agriculture, but people were still moving around, and like people were in dire need of surviving and help on the road, and then they found some weird ass woman in the woods somewhere. And she was classified as a witch because her methods of survival were completely different than the framework that the individual is familiar with. Mm. And so, but then going on deeper is that like early witchcraft and shit that was interpreted as witchcraft, like a lot of them had what are called grimoires, which is essentially just like what people call spell books, but it's essentially just a user's manual. And, like, I can definitely see people, and I'm in this right now, of, like, if you have repetitive tasks in your life, for me, I like using it for, like, cooking and gardening and stuff like that. Write everything down based on your own experience. Instead of having to Google somebody else's experience, just reference what you've already learned based mm -hmm. on your personal experience. Yeah. Like, I feel like I ran into that issue a lot where it's like, I feel like I've been in this predicament before. Why am I looking for somebody else's roadmap when they could have been encouraging me to be drawing my own map of where I've been? And that will help me design a path for my future based on my past experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, people other people's grimoires or spell books and we're like dude this fucking this thing is witchcraft i have no idea what they're talking about yeah, yeah because it wasn't designed for you it was designed for the person who is writing it <laughs> it was based on their experiences not yours <laughs> so i i thrive with that kind of keeping like a little diary or a, a step by step diary of like okay these are the methods that i used I mean, that's kind of embedded in science anyways with like scientific method and everything is to just jot down what is happening based on your understanding and seeing if you can identify patterns that can predict future uh, scenarios. But yeah, I, I would strongly encourage people start writing their own maps and start jotting down notes that will help them through future conflicts rather than relying on other people's experiences. Oh yeah. I, I, I was, I lost my thought when I thought of this earlier, but when I was talking about the, the Googling the map, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Like 
I was watching the Olympics with my mom the other night and there's this Google commercial that's uh-huh. all about people Googling how to, how to, how to, how, how to. to become a scientist, how to be X, Y, Z. And it's just like, that's a really fucking strong advertisement. I feel like because oh, yeah. it's touching on exactly what we're talking about. That so many of us are like, I want to do things, but I don't know how we're looking for that manual that's already been written by someone else because yes. why? Because we've never been given really the ability or understanding that we can learn to trust ourselves and Mm -hmm. build a map simply by experiences. And I just remember how much of my life I felt like it was not okay to be new and unknowledgeable about something. Like that was something that was shameful. I needed to hide. It is is ridiculous. Uh, Oh my God. I know that um, that is one huge issue in the world of academia is the prevalence of righteousness. The idea that I have earned this position, so I am more right than you. It's like, Mm. dude, that is toxic, man. Because now you're telling me that the things that I'm thinking about are wrong, not, (laughs) oh, you're thinking of it this way. Uh, the history has shown that if you think of it that way, you'll run into these issues. So I would strongly suggest you look at it from this perspective. And like from that framework, I feel like is more appropriate than you should be shunned for being stupid. Like how on earth (laughs) do you dare to be wrong? I told you to study this. It's like, oh my gosh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it is a growing experience. If there is an information gap, it is the teacher's duty to fill it, <laughs> like not to shun them for not having it filled. Yeah, dude. And I mean, it, I think it's, it's like it, it comes to like how it seems like a safer strategy to posture and put on a mask and pretend that that you are not scared or that you are more knowledgeable or that you don't have any questions and like i think that a lot of it can come back to like like masculinity i think about like i think that's if one, ask, one way that we can relate to it a whole bunch yeah 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 no i think that that is definitely an issue. But again, uh, going back to that second question that you asked about lessons to grow from, it's hard to grow from lessons when you're told that you are wrong, you know, like when that is the uh, framework of our learning environments is that like, it is your fault that you don't know these lessons. And it's just, it would be much, it would be much more facilitating. And I know that teachers are changing the, Uh, playing field of the uh, academic universe of like between like early uh, education and uh, like collegiate education there are people who are making changes where they are understanding how hypocritical it is of being like my information is of value so I'm not going to share it with you freely it's like no information is designed to be shared yeah yeah if not freely i mean if 
if we could, like, because of this podcast. Like, I feel like right when you were contacting me saying that you'd be interested in talking to me, like, I swear the next quote that I read was, all knowledge that I have, you are welcome to. It's just like, Uh, oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. It's like, so if we would, and that's one of the benefits of the internet is that I'm trying to wrap my head around what the world was like before the internet when everybody was disconnected and methods of sharing information was so restricted and easily manipulated. Whereas the internet, it's like, mostly free access or you can find free information if you are looking but then again you always run into that issue of like i need my information validated so then it has to be expensive yes so wow (laughs) so we'll see we'll see how we get over that hurdle someday but i do think that the internet with all of the negative stuff associated with it, it is connecting people faster and quicker than any other time period on earth. Yeah. Oh, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you said that you had, do you have two more questions or you want to keep diving into that second one? The, uh, the last question, which I feel like we've we've basically been talking about, accidentally stumbling on, <laughs> it is a very is a very very broad. Where should I put my energy, dude? Put your energy into what you love, always, mm-hmm. every day, one hundred percent of the time. Uh, it goes. I I connect with this a lot. That people tell me that I have a good memory, and. Mm. I don't think I have a good memory. I just, I don't force my brain to remember things. And I think one of your guests mentioned it in one of a previous episode of the idea of that the internet and being able to have access to information so fast is freeing your brain from memorizing other things. So instead of having to hold on to a basket full of facts that you have to reference every once in a while, you have access to a universe of information at your fingertips. So that opens up your brain to remember all sorts of other things. And I also firmly believe that I personally don't choose what I remember. I think that a lot of what I remember has to do with a like emotional connection or a drive to remember it because I love what I am learning about. So it Mm. sticks. Yeah. And so where to put your energy, I feel like if you put your energy into things that you love, you will learn lessons from them in a way that you've never experienced before. Yeah, man. Love sticks. It's supposed to be sticky. It's supposed to be (laughs) messy. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I I said it before in the last episode, but if uh, nobody's nobody's listened to that one yet, I do love you, Wes. I I think genuinely I love what you're doing. I love what services you've provided for me in my past and currently. Man, I I feel it. I feel it. Thank you so much, Theron. I love you too, man. I like it. And, And I'm so glad to reconnect it's it's been a long time since we've we've had a lot had a good chat 
And I don't, I don't know. I have to do a lot of soul searching because I feel like my default has been to allow relationships fade regardless of if I had a small, like a uh, intimate connection to those relationships or not. Mm. It's, I mean, relationships take upkeep and I think that I've dedicated energy into other areas and I'm finding that they're not as profitable as investing energy in people. Yeah, I agree. So I I think that's what I'm going to try my best to put my energy towards is towards relationships and other people. And I know that I'm going to fail sometimes and I know that I'm going to do better than other days, but it's going to be, it's going to be a practice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hit me up any, anytime you want to chat again. This was awesome. I I feel like I, again, I have a list of biology things that we can talk about, but we can save them for another episode. Yeah, let's do that. I was thinking like, oh yeah, this is going to be a learning podcast. Let's have the audience or Wes like ask any question biology related and I will try to provide as much information that I have, but I'm so much more thankful for the uh, topics that we discussed uh, today. And I guess this episode and the last episode as well. And I look forward to diving deeper into anything in the future. Yeah, man, we can do it all. I have a, I, Definitely, there's a with anchor. I can send out to all my all my people mm-hmm. that they could like ask a question in like a voice memo that we could like, oh, do at the beginning of the thing and then kind of get into it. I think so, it would be fun if I didn't have like if it was just impromptu and then I can genuinely respond based on the information that I have. I know that you would probably get a better answer if I had time to look up the correct answer. But I also feel that I love the energy of on the spot as genuine as possible. Yeah. So that way it's not, it's not as structured and I I would love it. I'd love it, man. Yeah, man. Well, I was just thinking we can, we can, uh, we can start doing a little dab series. Dope ass biology. Aha. Yes, there it is. There it is, baby. Dope ass biology with Theron. Hit me up. (laughs) I will. It was great talking to you, man. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much, Wes. Best of luck to you. Talk to you later. Later, bro. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Yo, thank you guys. Yo, Mark Perks. What's good, yo? Thank you. Appreciate that. Yo. What's good? Y'all ready for some shit? Yo. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yo, this is some dopeness. Yo, you could be listening to this up on my SoundCloud because I can rip this from TikTok and put it on internet now. And I know that these songs always create themselves. I'm just a vessel. I'm just the locomotion. 
Yo, I ain't really like a driver This is a train track that God laid I'm just a guy walking down this shit every day So all the stuff I'm trying to do is focus on my love Focus on you Come on, embrace those hugs We got them loved ones and sometimes it's hard to appreciate All the moments when my mom really helped me out I know it's really great But lots of shit was also fucked up So we can have both, bro That's the yin-yang of life Let's learn to embrace and let go I just wish my mind would feel like I'm on the right path More of this lines I don't know what I'm speaking about But I'm putting it together and I'm never falling down I can put together some intricate shit and you could not recognize I could just feel it right in my eyes When you look at me I'm so vibes Yo this is what I've been doing for days, for years, dude, for decades, hear me, listen to old shit, listen to this love shit, oh my gosh, I'm such a hot dogger, I know how to do my best, I could be a vlogger, yo, I got a voice for this. I got a face for this shit You could be looking at me every day and shit So come listen to my voice and making it with me And I could be making it out, I'll be making out with you Yo, I know that I'm doing what it was for me But every single moment of my life I'm just doing me Yo Making it out, making it out, making it in, making it in. This is my life, it's not a sin. I just like where I'm at, always in motion. So get out of my way, bitch. I don't care what you say. Making it me, making it you. Fuck, let's do what we do. It's all we got. We gotta focus in. I'm in a cot, yo. I sleep in my car, live wherever I want, bro. I got some student loan debt. Fuck that, no respect for that. But I'm moving forward. That's what my dad said. Yo, I've been Thinking about the moments when I doubted myself And then you told me not to So I appreciate you And I like to be cooler than you And I am obviously Yo, JK, not really though Yo, I could be funny guys I could be getting some flow that you have never heard I watch your eyes get big as I open wide And swallow your fat dick Oh my god, what did Wes say? Ha ha, let me get this I'm serious though Yo, let me get on you Let me get listening let me get point of view that I have never heard Come on my podcast, listen to my words I'll be just stroking off these yawns and I'm ready Wow Ooh. <sighs> Parkino Okay, can we talk about the fucking fire that just burst forth before you right now, baby? Woo